It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. There's no mistake, I smell that smell. It's that time of year again. Episode 53 is in the air. That was a rip-off from the song Local Boy in the Photograph by Stereophonics, Josh. Did you spot that? I did spot that. Of course I did. Have they um, ever done... Have they done, myself. have they done anything as good as that first album? Um, no. Probably not. Sure. You're correct. No. Well, this is the BloodandMud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. I am Lee Calvert. Editor and, of BloodandMud.com, uh, that's who I am, yeah, there yes, you go. Yes, well, you got there in the end, and, uh, and, <laughs> and I suppose I'm still Josh Gardner of RugbyShitWatch.com, aren't yes, I? Yes, you are. And we are very much your local boys in the photographs of the rugby podcast world, is what I like to think. Mostly anonymous, of questionable stature, yet with you lot, the other local boys and girls out there, we feel we've made our own little locality where every, everyone is welcome. Yeah. Try and have a bit of a laugh. It's not at all like Abrahamon. Not at all like here. Uh, we try to have a bit of a laugh, and other than a certain red-capped England forward, we're a very inclusive bunch. We welcome anybody to come in. You can facilitate this inclusivity that we engender by getting in touch um, with us, with me, at Blood and Mud, or the pod generally, at Blood and Mud, or you can get in touch with Josh. Uh, at Josh Gardner, or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch. Yes, you can. And don't forget that we are still peddling the best craft beers around with our lovely mm. partners, Beer52.com, which is the world's fastest growing craft beer community. Now, this month, if you fancy getting your hands on a crate of ales, uh, you will get some lovely stuff from the Stone Brewery, which is apparently Ooh. very good. Um, mm. And also something called Arrogant Bastard, <laughs> which I assume they- is... Austin well, Healy in a can. Specifically because of us. Yeah, Austin Healy <laughs> compressed into a can. I'd pay money for that. Why don't you get put your money in that anyway? Absolutely. I mean, I'd pay money to see Austin Healy compressed into a can. Yes, indeed. 
So I don't know if I want to drink it after, but and the only way you can find out if that's what it actually is is by obviously buying some beer this month. When you mm. can, if you use the code Bloodmud10 when you check out, you'll get ten pounds off a lovely crate of Stone Brewery stuff and Arrogant Bastard. Enjoy. Lovely. Now it was Six Nations weekend this weekend. It was. I'm. I love with you. I'm delighted that um, I have jumped a significant number of places in our Super Rue Six Nations Fantasy League, that if I'm is totally honest. very, very true. I've also jumped a significant number of places. I think I'm in 87th now. Yes, I think I'm 70 or something. Is it the, I'm, on, is it I'm the, on the second page now instead of the third. So. Is it the CJ Stander <laughs> effect? Uh, yeah, I, I think I had Stuart Hogg as my captain as well, so that all worked out very well. I just need to get to the page, because I've forgotten to get there, to actually catch up with, with where we're up to in terms of the people who are winning. Some somebody who whose name I will tell you in a minute. Um <laughs> somebody jumped an obscene week. amount of faces, haven't they? Yeah. That's yes. why I'm trying to log in when my computer is playing up, which wouldn't you just fucking know it. Yes, I I I've got the leaderboard up here. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It is uh Laws Loves Pleason, uh and the kind cats who's dropped <laughs> who's gone a massive 103 place rise that is quite and, something yes and given that there is i don't know many how many players have we got but 138 so yeah he was 38th from bottom and now he's currently third so he's had a fucking good weekend by all accounts hats off to you my friend man is still loading my computer is being what can only be described as a twat right now so mm. i don't know and to uh, do hats that. off to uh Pocock and the pushy ostriches who was uh, pushed the determined zealots down into second place and risen to to first for this week. It's uh, that's right. Yeah, I'm up into eighty third. I've just realised. Very nice. What are very you in respectable. now? Um, I think I'm seventy something. Let oh, me have a look. You swine. Uh, I am. Where am I? Uh, I am seventy seventh. So once again, we keep ourselves. Uh, well and truly nice anchored and into the middle of the table. Oh, hang on, I've, I've woken up again now. So, yes, oh, so good. top of the tree is the pushy ostriches who've pushed up one place. The determined zealots have moved down one place. The kind cats, you've already mentioned, in third, 103 places. They've got the yellow jersey this week, it would seem. They have, indeed. Uh, I'm some... not sure how that works with rugby, but whatever. No, yeah. It's a yellow cap, actually, on the side, but there you go. Oh, fair enough. Um, I did find some good... Uh, and to... Bad weeks, the Vivid Raccoons have dropped 44 <laughs> places to 48 oh places. That's not gone well. That is not very good at all. No. Um, the Sublime Wolves have moved up 47 places, and I think they should go keep going up just for that name alone. So very yes. good for them. Uh, so, yeah, so the, the Super Brew Fantasy League is still there. You can uh, find us, bloodandmud.com group on Super Brew, superbru.com, and mm. uh, you can join in, and there will be prizes at the end, which I think we've I've, I've got a signed Argentina rugby ball. Some Canterbury stash, and are you definitely throwing in the shirt that money can't buy? Rugby shirt, what shirt? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Yes, he's going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here. <laughs> I might even throw in the one that and Josh's um, special prize is being is going to be posed with by uh, an England rugby player in a couple of weeks' time. But um, is it really? A, is that on the hush it, hush? Uh, well, I mean, you're going to be there, so it's. Not that hush hush. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Right, oh, was that one? Okay, <laughs> okay. I thought you were talking about something else. Yeah. Yes, but we'll keep you in suspense for all that. So, so we'll keep you uh... in suspense for all that. So before yeah. we just, so that's that, and thank you very much, everyone who's entered, and hopefully you're all enjoying it. To just dwell on some sad news. 
for a minute. Last week we started with some pretty sad news about uh, Juice Van der Vestager going, and yeah. I, I don't think I could I could not cope with the number of minute silences that were going on over the weekend everywhere I was watching rugby. Yeah, I could even less. I could cope even less with the tweet of his the letters that his kids had written to him. Oh, I could. I, I'm not I, going I, over that again. No. Thank you very much. I literally started reading it and was just like, no, no, thank you. I, I will read this when I'm in a more yes. serene emotional state. And, uh, and and we've lost somebody else this week, Josh. Yes, we have. Sione uh, Luaki, the the former all-black uh, flanker, who, who I don't remember much of him. I'll level with you, but I do remember him being a ridiculous athlete. And um, being a big, hard, rampaging bastard, basically. Oh, God, yeah, and he was quick as well. Yeah. And, I mean, he was a bit ahead of his time, really, because, mm. I mean, obviously that flankers are all like that these days. But, um, yeah, and he's, he's got the rare privilege of scoring both for and against the All Blacks, which is... Uh, One of the last people who'll be doing that, probably. I would imagine so, yeah. you can't do that so, anymore, uh, can you? So. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's fucking rubbish, isn't it? Because 35 is no age for anybody to die, at least of all the no, bloody professional heart sportsmen. Heart and kidney problems, I believe. But yeah. So anyway, we're very sorry to hear that. It is. And uh, we'll we'll uh, keep them in our thoughts as we move through. So, um, the Six Nations this week. Oh, before we move on to that, very, very quickly, uh, I'll give you a very quick shit watch update because the games were back on this weekend. Oh, they were. And just to, surpri- to the surprise of everybody listening, I will, <laughs> I will imagine Treviso lost. Yes. And they lost to Cardiff Blues by 40 points to 10, I think. Uh, Leinster, you mean? Sorry, I did mean Leinster. They play in blue, yeah. it's confusing. Yeah. Irish, Welsh, you're all the same, aren't you? And Basically, then, um, yeah. all the same, you lose to us. Boom! <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, Treviso now have 38 days currently with the cup yes, clasped, the Cuthbert Police on Cup clasped into their hands. Are they, further, were, were they holding it under control, economy, though? We'll come on to that later they, on. Further ignominy, they uh, also managed to allow uh, Dave Carney to score twice. <laughs> Dave, the baffled puffin Carney, crossed the line <laughs> twice and managed to put the ball down as well. Well done, Dave. Yeah. I mean, good on Dave, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it's been uh, the best week for Treviso rugby. Well, to be fair be to Treviso and Zebra, they've lost most of their players to Italy, and you've seen what Italy looked like, so imagine what's left behind. <laughs> That's a very fair point. Uh, so Treviso have now had it for 38 days. They are still firmly in third place in the all-time table. That is shit watch. We will continue with it when there's another game. Yes. Now, remember last week I made this point mm. about Rob Howley uh, looking like a man whose wife had been kidnapped and he couldn't find, looked like he couldn't, had no idea he was going to get a ransom. Yes. That went down quite well on Twitter. People kept making comments to me about how he looks like he's, about the, the kidnap comment. And it got me to thinking... That he got quite desperate. He got me. I got this kind of idea that the Welsh dressing room could be a bit like the Big Lebowski. It could be when the toe comes through the the post. If you if you know the Big Lebowski, Josh. Yes, rule nothing out. Rule no- yes. <laughs> nothing out. I can imagine Edward Sean Edwards being a bit like Walter, <laughs> not believing that she's actually been kidnapped. You know. But what about the toe? <laughs> you want a toe? I'm get your fucking toe by four o'clock this afternoon. You want a fucking door, pal? The fucking amateurs. That's a very good Sean Edwards. Thank you very much. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for <laughs> nigh on 18 months now, and we've never had you doing your Sean Edwards before. This is a, and McBride, a wonderful day. McBride could try to say something, couldn't he? And he could say, shut the fuck up, Ronnie. Robbie. <laughs> and all that. So, yeah, so anyway... Before we go on to England, yes. what, so I, I don't know where <laughs> sorry, that came sorry. from. That was genuinely a, just stunned. Apropos of nothing, very good. 
other other uh, impressions are available. They may not be as yes. good as that one. <laughs> are they all broadly from cut from the Northern Rugby League? Player? Well, if they've got a Wigan accent, then I can do it because I basically <laughs> grew up with it. So that's actually that was my original speaking voice. So I just basically go back to how we used to speak, and it and it's fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I think that's, that's what I like about Owen Farrell. He still he still got his accent, unlike Chris Ashton, he who's deliberately yeah. lost his. I think it's Northampton for you, isn't it? It is anyway. So yeah, so there you go. So England Wales. I went to England under twenties on Friday night, Josh. Oh yeah, because we've beaten you twice this weekend, and uh, uh, probably thrice didn't they lose to the oh the women as well? Women, as well. they were nilled. The women, poor buggers. They were. I mean, in fairness, we haven't got any professionals. No, England. Uh, yeah, my son did point that out. Look at that score, and I said, "Yeah, well, to be fair, England are professional players. That's really not a very level playing field <laughs> yeah, at all." Let's have one professional. Like Fifteen player. times the population and professional players seems a little unfair. It's um, a little bit. But it was, it was nice. England rugby before, is it? <laughs> but yeah, it's not usually a sure fire success thing, is it? The, That's um, very true. I went to Arius Park in North Wales. Oh yes, I've heard it's very nice. It's a. It's very strange because it's basically Colwyn Bay Leisure Centre yeah, in its spare time. Yeah. So it, and it's owned by the, it's owned by Conway Council and it's got a mm. running track and everything. And I was actually I was behind the goals down on the running track because I got a ticket quite late. And mm. it's a very and it's really good actually because they've obviously got a bit of a home ground thing going on there because I think there are about three or four thousand people there, which is really oh, good for under twenty. Good. good atmosphere. And um, the only thing is that it's that it's that classic council thing. There's just not enough bogs. Because oh, it's no. like a councillor, it's oh, like a, no. you know what I mean? And they've only got yeah. like three burger vans and the queue was ridiculously long. At the So actually I think it got me thinking about the whole North Wales professional rugby setup because we're always talking about the areas part, but it makes me realise how much money they have to invest. That's assuming they get 4,000 people turning up, of course. Well, yeah, I imagine it's, it's a venue that's more commonly associated with, you know, 100 people and a couple of grounds, you know. Or it, people playing that, badminton. That's... In the hall and things. Well, and yeah, people going swimming. And the like, doing, yes. Yeah, doing jazzercise or And whatever. it was very, very, very cold. And also, I also saw the world's shittest and most inexplicable mascot. <laughs> I did see you put a photo of if him If you didn't see the picture what on Twitter, look back. Well, for a start, he wasn't there until 10 minutes from the end. So that, I didn't understand that anyway. So he wasn't, he was, there was no like hype bird throughout the entirety yes. of the game. Then Great. ten minutes from the end, he turned up, and he's a blue bird. Yeah, which has no, as far as I'm aware, has no relevance to Wales, and it's Wales' own ground. So no, I think, ever. I think he had a T-shirt on that had Scottish Power Supply written on it. I think. Oh, it was a, that's so. Even worse this. than a normal mascot. He was a sponsor. It's a mascot. sponsored mascot, oh, and what was God. really funny is that, that his, his hat didn't fit on straight. So he kept kind of turning his head very strangely to see what he was doing. <laughs> and it was just the most awful. He looked slightly affected because yeah. he was constantly fiddling with his hands. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And he looks like, you know, it, and when you start moving a bit too much near kids, it starts to get a bit savvily. Yeah. And, you, you know, and that didn't help either. People don't realise that the whole being one of them, like, characters is quite a, you know, you've got, a, you're treading a fine line between jolly and exciting and weird sex case <laughs> and <laughs> yeah the, the desire to even to want to do it is a questionable desire really in many ways but <laughs> arguably yeah. but we've all seen some shithouse terrible mascots in our time but i can tell you that was the worst i've ever seen but if you've seen a really 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 bad rugby mascot out there that could compete with that please let us know at blood and mud because it was 
absolutely spectacular. The game yeah, itself. I was, I was offended when someone suggested that it was uh, Ozzy the Osprey, the Osprey's mascot, who, let's be honest, is a for all of his faults, is a far <laughs> superior mascot to yeah to that. Well, to and be... there was that time we cracked on to Cyril the Swan's wife as well. That was. Oh, did he... <laughs> <laughs> See, I do like us. You, you've got to like the cheeky ones, haven't you? Yes. My football club, Oldham Athletic. That you know, uh, Chaddy the Owl. He won. He's he was a three-time champion at the mascot games. He's oh, serious play. about it. He can run fast in them big feet and everything. Anyway, I'm sorry, I went on about this far too long. <laughs> it was a decent game. It was a nice experience. And if you're in North Wales or anywhere nearby, I recommend you go because it's only a tenner for a ticket, yes. so it's worth going. I probably paid more money um, to go to a nicer stadium um, to watch a much less enjoyable game uh, on Friday night because I went to Bristol versus Harlequins. At was Ashton it bad? Gate. Um, it was fucking dreadful. And not just because <laughs> I have a soft spot for Bristol. It was an appalling game of rugby, even though you think that a game where one of the teams scored 42 points, there would at least be some entertainment value, but there was no entertainment value <laughs> whatsoever. And it was fucking freezing on Friday night, it of course. Was, it was fucking Baltic. <laughs> and, I mean, Ashton Gate now is a bloody fantastic stadium. It's got all the toilets you could want. Fair play. It's got numerous food outlets, including pulled pork bat places, and it does a very good pasty. But the rugby on offer... I mean... Let's not forget, Harlequins were missing all of their internationals. They had to get 70 minutes out of Adam Jones, who, to my utter dismay, I could see from a slightly close-up look, is thinning at a rate of knots at the back. And oh, <laughs> that's, that's, been, that's been evident for a while. I know, but There's it's been a growing egg in the nest for quite some time. Yeah, the, ne- the, the nest is growing, the egg is growing bigger by the day. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but, I mean... Bristol were fucking awful. Quinn scored 42 points and they were shite. They played maybe 15 minutes of rugby over the 80 and they scored five tries because Bristol looked an absolute shambles again. Like, they right. looked like they turned a corner at the new year, but now they just look like a team that's going down in flames again and I don't entirely understand what's gone wrong. Maybe they need to sack another coach. So what happened to me on Friday as well. I had the uh, classic man that stood behind me that wanted to talk to me about rugby in great oh, detail. Oh, my least favourite. Hey, you know me, I love talking about rugby, but I was me actually too. trying to pay attention. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah. actually, there's this game you can I see, You can see I'm not watch. looking at you and I'm giving monosyllabic mm. answers now. So please just stop talking to me about how you think Jamie Roberts could have an effect on England's midfield tomorrow. Oh, fucking hell. Speaking of which... Let's uh, launch into the Six Nations with the only game that matters. If I had Land of Open Glory to play, I would play it right now. Just to have a look at your fight, you know, the, the light dying your eyes again. But um, I won't do that. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice. 
so you can choose life with benefits, style with benefits, sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at lifestylesports.com. So England Thank versus you. Wales. Let's just start from a very basic point. What a yes. game. What an absolute crackerdoodle really dandy of a game. Yeah, as for all of the flack that the Six Nations get, occasionally it pulls out games like that. And This championship point, this year so far has been very, very, very good. Very, very good. Large, you compare yeah. Scotland-Ireland last week, England-Wales this week, we have had two weekends with two absolute crackers. Humdingers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got to be a good thing for the tournament, especially compared to what else happened on Saturday. But we'll come to that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, from an England point of view, I don't really know what I could say about this this week that I didn't say last week because it was sort of the same. Well, like yeah. they were broadly quite shit, but defensively very good. And then pulled out a late score to win the game massively against the runner well, play. They've got a plan. I think what I'm saying is there's a plan that's forming, really. Mm. Play decently for 15 minutes. Yeah. Defend. Yeah. Empty the bench. Yeah. Play decently for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Win. Win. Easy. Which is must be, I'll be, you know, I'm kind it's of smiling good. inside, but it must be fucking infuriating for the likes of Wait. you and the French fans last week. I mean, it is profoundly infuriating, but it's kind of... I, I don't imagine that this is exactly what Eddie Jones wants to happen. No. Either, but totally who honest. will actually, given the way they defend mm. and the fact that they can score in those 15-minute periods and they can bring these lumps off the bench, who can actually beat them doing that? Who can um, beat us doing that? Ireland and Scotland could do that. Possibly. Because the only... I think Scotland are getting too tired in the last 20 minutes. they've also relied on... And, and, you know, Eddie Jones said after that game that, you know, get out of jail free cards, gone now. Hmm. Um, because, yeah, undoubtedly the mental side of their game that he's obviously totally transformed is has seen them come out of these two weeks with wins that they didn't necessarily deserve. But you look at the things that, France did and that Wales did they're quite similar in the way that they both are very good at carving out opportunities and are equally fucking dreadful at doing anything with them you know if for example you know Dan Bigger takes that pass from Reese Webb that was miles forward mm. and trots under the posts or John Davis takes that pass that was just on his fingertips that when he was out yes. wide and strolls on. Well, the, the missed one pass, three, the fired one. There yeah, were two yeah. or three guilt edge chances that were tries that they just bollocked up. And mm. really, France did exactly the same thing. Whereas you look at a team like Scotland in particular, and Ireland also, they will not leave those chances go begging. And so it will be interesting to see if England, if they're still trying to play like that, and defend for 60-odd minutes of the game mm. and then just try and sort of rope-a-dope them at the end? You know, but are they going to be able to score two tries in the last 10 minutes if they need to? You that know? first 15 minutes, though, and leading up to the first England try, that was the, the first England try was 26 phases of play. Yeah, that first... And, and, and in that 26 phases of play was as good rugby as you would want 
to see a team playing. It went. No, it was fantastic. It went touchline to touchline. Everybody put their hands on it. It was recycled at a reasonable speed, mostly. You know, and if you can, if they can do it for, 50, you know, nobody's going to do that for eighty minutes. No, I suppose the question is, how long in a game do you have to do that for to win games? Given what their defense is, I think if they can just score some more tries when they're doing that, the defense mm. probably will carry them through. Really, I think they probably need to at least throw together, because yeah, I mean their defense is incredibly good, but no defense can hold out for you know thirty no. or forty minutes. Well, you've got the Willie Blake the All Blacks argument that always looms somewhere in the background, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's and it like you know, so. Yeah, and it, it of course the answer is no because if you spend forty five to fifty minutes of a game trying to defend against the All Blacks, they will score Forget forty it, yeah. points on you, and that's yeah. Cool. I mean that is now obviously the benchmark that England have to measure themselves up against. But also, you know, they try to do that against Scotland for forty minutes. You they Scotland are going to score three or four tries because they have got much more clinical backs than either France or Wales have got. You asked me a question before the start of the tournament when you said, what what do you want to see from England? And I think I have to go back to that. And I said, well, what I want to see is something that looks like a, plan. a game plan moving forward. Yeah. Now, this isn't a plan. 15 minutes, defend, empty the bench, no. 15 minutes, but just that about 15 win. Minutes of but that 26 phases yeah. of play, if that's the plan, which it all yeah. clearly is, and it just shows you what an incredible difference it makes when George Ford's having one of his good days. Absolutely. And actually, he didn't really have one of his good days. He had a, he had a good couple of patches. Yeah, he had a good 15 and everything minutes start, changes. a good 15 minutes Everything the changes end. when he starts Massively playing well. So. And that's why you can probably see... You know, we I was knee-jerking a bit last week, sort of saying, well, maybe when he... Because when he, when he looks so bad, we just look bad. When mm. actually... But when he's good, man, it is just so good. And Farrell, it's, Farrell's it's just a Trojan. Of, always, He'll just do everything for you. Yeah, well, Farrell is probably on his way to getting player of the tournament if he keeps playing like this yeah. because he's been in incandescent form. But it's not just Ford. It's like, you know, Young's is exactly... I mean, I don't think Young's was even very good even when England were very good yesterday on Saturday. Rally, no, he wasn't, but, no. And they, they need some other option at 10 because I... And at 12, you know, is it time, you know, against Italy, are they going to give Farrell the 10 shirt and stick Benteo at 12? I don't believe so, happens? because after the game, Eddie Jones said, we've got to get this stuff sorted for Italy, because he said something like, because believe me, I want to give them an absolute pasting. I kind of liked how just yes. uh, up front he was. And I think he sees the best way to giving a team like Italy a pasting is having somebody like Ford in there. I think you're probably right. Around, around the, the pen. But coming back to this game... Um, it was, it really was all about the benches, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, I can't really have, you know, I'm sure people expected me to be very frustrated and annoyed, and I wasn't delighted on Saturday evening. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> you know, I can't really have any complaints. Because... But you weren't drawing the curtains and sitting in a darkened room or anything. I was a little bit. But... <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went and made myself some delightful pizza dough. If I'm honest, I literally got up and said nothing and went to the kitchen and started kneading. You literally um, made bread. After the game. Made press, yeah. um, and very nice it was too. Wales fans out there, let us know how you decompress yeah. after the game. Josh there was a spread when I would have smoked about 40 cigarettes and drank my body weight in whiskey, but now I'm, <laughs> I go and make delicious wholemeal pizza dough. Wholemeal? Um, oh, oh, Christ almighty. What a waste <laughs> of effort that is. Oh, you've let yourself down there. 
It was delicious. No wonder your team loses. It was <laughs> delicious. Um, yeah, but I can't really have any. We would, Wales were 40 or 50 minutes, they were dominant. Mm. And they had chance after chance, and they didn't do anything with it. You know, they scored a great try off a set move at the end of the first half, which in itself was hilarious because my entire timeline filled up on Twitter with people expressing disbelief <laughs> that Wales had scored a try that looked like they actually meant it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, time and time again, they just, then for the rest of the game, they just smashed into the England defence without asking any questions, aside from three or four moments where their composure and their precision just let them down. I mean... What's there's the... an argument. As, as very good as he was, there's an argument that, that would that have been the case if Sam Davis has got any minutes at all? Um, and that's probably one for Rob Howley to lie awake thinking about this week, I would imagine. Although Bigger played very well. He did play very well, but yeah, um, I, I can the... just... What's mm. the point of Scott Baldwin? <laughs> well, he's not even the best hooker at the Ospreys this season. <laughs> so um... this is a, You know what you think... I understand subs come off the bench to replace tied people, but Ken Owens is like indefatigable. He just keeps going and going, and he's nails, and, and he throws. And also, but he does throw. I can understand why Ken needs to come off because he carries with such ferocity and throws himself into everything that, of course, he's knackered by sixty minutes. But I just don't understand why Scott Baldwin is being regarded because he is not an impact player, and that no, is the huge he problem with the Welsh bench. Yeah, is that. They don't have any players that are going to make an impact. What fuck is Jamie Roberts going to do off a bench? Really? At this stage of his career, nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing at all. You know, with the greatest respect to him, Corey Hill. What the fuck is Corey Hill going to do? Started off, off at Mosley, him, you know. Kingsley well, Jones is very happy, very proud <laughs> very, of him coming very on. Very happy about that. But uh, yeah, and and also what I noticed is is that. As soon as the, the the new front row came on, forget it leaving the side of the scrum for a minute. What mm. what happened was is that it went back to that old habits Wales thing because Samson Lee and was it Rob Evans that came on or did he start Rob Evans? Uh, Mickey, Mickey, Smith Smith. Came, Mickey Smith that came on. They both um, they both ended up standing ten meters back, twenty meters away from the scrum half and getting the ball spun to yeah. them. That thing we compl- yeah. you complained about last week. That so I I noticed that suddenly started to happen again as soon as that front row came on. Yeah, it was really weird, wasn't it? Yeah, and I just yeah, I mean, we've, there's a lot of talk about you know Eddie Jones's notion that they're not finished, you know, they're not substitutes, they're finishers, and you know they're starters and finishers, not starters and substitutes. Mm. And I don't think Wales have that mindset at all. They just have players, and then players that aren't quite as good, but basically the same. <laughs> And that is a good recipe to lose a lot of games late on because abs- you're not looking to do anything different off the bench. I'm not so sure. Howley's got, among many problems, another problem now in that um, he doesn't know where his wife is. And um, <laughs> he's <laughs> this back row is an issue in that Moriarty played so well, and we'll come on to that being removed thing in a minute. Mm. Tipperick had a stormer at seven. Yep. Probably one of his best games ever at seven, and he was a nuisance. Yeah. He wasn't just that normal diameter thing; he was a nuisance. No, he was actually properly getting at it. Yeah, and Sam Warburton. And in Warburton the last two was weeks was fabulous. And so is now go- is now in the start where you could you look at Warburton and you go, yeah, you could probably captain the Lions again, mate. <laughs> Whereas yeah. a couple of months ago, that was unthinkable because he looked shite. But Fa- Falatau is world class and outstanding. Mm-hmm. But Wales lost something when he came on. 
the problem. But he's Wales, going to start at some point. He's he, he's going to start. Wales, yeah, Wales have a huge back row problem. Yeah, because Falatau is going to start when he's fully yeah. fit. So then, Only what do you do with the other two? Best four players offers genuine physical intimidation hmm. that all back rows kind of need. You yeah. need one horrible fucker, <laughs> and yeah. he is that. Moriarty is that horrible fucker. But you take him off and you replace him with Faletau and you've got three fabulously talented players, none of whom intimidate the opposition with the way that they play the game. And you could see, you know, as soon as he came off, all of a sudden England were on the front foot and they yes. were, all of a sudden they were winning the contact and all of a sudden they were getting joy at the breakdown and they were getting joy at the set piece and they were getting and joy. They, well, at the they, and they didn't have to worry about him. They didn't, yeah. Whereas when he was on the field, there was in the a genuine... defense, they were worried, yeah. I think, yeah, worried is the wrong hesitancy. word. I don't mean they were frightened or anything, but no, they had they to were, be they, aware of him, yeah, yeah, because of the number of absolutely monstrous hits he put on people with no care for their reputation, hmm. and yeah, a back row of Falatau and Moriarty think... and Tipperick would work. A back row of Falatau Moriarty. And Warburton would work. A back yeah. row of Moriarty, Tipperick, and Warburton works. I don't think a back row of Falatau, Warburton, and Tipperick works. I agree. And that's a huge yeah. problem for Wales, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I can't imagine a world in which Toby Falatau doesn't start at eight. Well, I think that the decision will be made about who plays at seven, I think. Yeah. Well, if it was up to me, I would say Falatau starts at eight because he's here's who he is. And he offers yep. you a bit more. You got to put agree. Moriarty at six because he's got to. He has to play. He has to play. He um, is um, arguably. If there are three players that or four players that I see in the moment that are currently sort of leading the way in the player of the tournament stakes, hmm. and they are probably Farrell, CJ Stander, hmm. Stuart Hogg, yeah, and Ross Moriarty, yeah. And I would not have said that at the start of the tournament. No. But he is he has been a fucking revelation and he was having the game of his life. And it seems cruel to Tipperick to say this, but I think that when you if you drop him, you don't lose so much of what he does to worry about it being replaced with what Warburton does. Does that make sense? I think I completely agree with you there. I think and I think particularly if you have Falatau. Yes. Like Falatau I think showed in the summer down against the All Blacks that he can basically play seven and eight at the same time, and he can be that link man mm. between the forwards and backs and do a lot of... He can't do it as well as Tipperick does because he's not as quick, he's not as exciting, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And he won't but, turn up in a 13 channel like Tipperick does. No, of course Which can won't. be a good and bad thing, depending on which, which way yeah, you look at it. But... but I just think, yeah, yeah, if it were up to me and maybe I'm just too conservative with it or maybe I just... I just think playing as he is at the moment, Warburton back in the seven shirt, Moriarty at six, and and Falatau at eight is a very balanced, very, very interesting back row. I agree. Because you've got ball carrying, you've got creativity, you've got work over the ball, you've got defence. That could be the, one of the best back rows. You've got in the... stardust. That... And who really wants their stardust in a fucking... Open side flanker, for God's sake. 
I think that could be one of the best back, back rows in the world. I said that in my preview weeks ago. <laughs> no, it, it really could. If you give him the chance, it will be. And you still have Tipperick on the bench. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. If you and he is to, a true impact sub. He yeah, is. and you can and you can either bring Warburton off and replace yeah. him, or you can take Falato off and you can shift Moriarty to eight. Or you can take Moriarty off if he doesn't need that anymore. Yeah, or if it doesn't if it's need the type that of game, it doesn't need go, that. You know. Um, and it gives well so much more flex, and, and it's like we're saying actual impact subs. Yes, you know, Jamie, it doesn't have to. You don't have to be a flashy fucker to be an impact sub. You know, you Jamie have to do George something. Was huge when he came on. Yeah, and he's a fucking hooker. You know, it just mm. it's just about having players that offer something different. No, I mean, you know, like, let's be honest. You know, Haskell did. He yeah. came on and he got over the game line. Yeah, and that's what you know, and that he does a job. Yeah, and you can't. Argue that. Should we talk about two things before we finish on this? Mm. Jonathan Davis's kick. Yes. Which I believe was universal uh, revenge for that fucking salt thing. Because <laughs> the salt a... bay. Yeah. What yes. I mean, what I still don't really understand what that is. It's from some television program, isn't it? It's I about think sprinkling it's from salt. Instagram. And then it's it's what the it's a meme, mate. The kids are into it. But isn't he in like his early thirties, Jonathan Davis? Jonathan Davis is. I mean, he's twenty eight, twenty nine now. But let's not forget, he does hang around with Liam Williams. So. And he is a professional sports person, so he was like he frozen at the age like, when he got yeah, his first contract. Years, so. Take ten years off that age, you know? Unbelievable. That's probably more like it. But yeah, um, I suppose you'll never he, know. Did he mean for it to go out and he just spanned it, or did he try and keep it? Because that's the thing. I think, he, I think he definitely did because I think they're just. So he's meant, so conditioned he, to keep he it in. He meant to and keep it in. All right, okay. But that's that's been it was Wales' strategy all game, and yeah, it, it kept was, yeah. hurting them. And yet they kept doing it because obviously that's what they're. And you know they've been doing that since two thousand and nine. But the thing is, every, that was when they were the fittest team in the world, and they had an athletic enough back row that the kick chase like made it a genuine yeah. problem. Every time, and and it was before the tackle laws changed. Yeah, and whereas now it's like, for starters, in that situation, I think it was Paul Williamson, the rugby world roundup of the weekend said, regardless of your fucking tactics, when you're in that situation, you fucking leather it into the stands as hard as you can. Um, but it's it's a problem, and it's a key difference that has played. We talked about what England's mental strength and their relentlessness and their just drive to keep going and going and going. The problem that's plagued Wales for years now is that they can't make good decisions in high-pressure situations, particularly late in the game. Hmm. Like, to my memory, to be honest, the the only time that Wales have managed to close out a close game against a decent team in the last five years is England in 2015. Then they beat South Africa about three years ago. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't for... particularly close. Oh, and it wasn't one of those late game tight, you oh, know. Right. I'm, I'm obviously misremembering that, it. It's just you think it's procession. It's clouding in with all those losses against Australia, obviously. Yeah, you know, you look at Australia, you look at New Zealand, you look at England, South Africa. We in the World Cup with you know the losing the scrum, um, the try off the scrum in the World Cup. You know, Australia in myriad times. Hmm. You you have to wonder if this whole mindset comes from the top, because. Howley yeah. talks before the game when he's not. I don't believe he can stand up and say anything and people will believe him. Well, you know, if he that. says we're going to go out there and win, I just don't know how you're going to believe it at all. No, he's completely uninspiring, and we all know this. But he claims to say that you know players should be 
playing what's in front of them, playing with their heads up. And he keeps saying this all the time. But we also know that he's got this reputation as this like meticulous, detail orientated, like professor. Hmm. So is he really practicing what he preaches there? Because like it's clear that Eddie Jones and other top coaches in the world, they create a structure where players actually have confidence in their own decision making. But I'm not sure how Leon before him Gatland ever really did that. Hmm. Players look so drilled and so like in the system that they're constantly second guessing themselves or trying to play this game plan yeah. robotically. And that's kind of just I think what John Davis was doing. Just he got the ball and his brain was just like, kick it long as far as you can. Keep Rather it in than the field of play. this is the game situation, I'm getting it off. Yeah, and yeah. so in that case, no wonder they consistently wilt when the pressure gets on late in the game because they don't. That's the time where you throw all of that shit out and you just play. What I mean, you what you've got to, to remember, to... you see, is what people didn't just change tack slightly. What you've got to remember is, and you might not realise this, you see, I think. Worcester beat Saracens on Saturday. Yes. And obviously, the universe will only allow one evil empire to be defeated <laughs> per day. So if you'd have been playing the day after, you probably would have beaten us, wouldn't you? Well, exactly. I mean, Before it's... we finish on this, um, Alex Cuthbert uh... didn't have a brilliant game, but no. didn't have an appalling game either. I think he is starting to cop for quite... I mean, wait. I load my hands up. I've 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 copped him for a load of shit in my Absolutely. time. Me too. But I didn't. I mean, but it's he is not. He's not the first person that's going to get scorched on the he's outside. He's going to get gassed Elliot on Daly. the outside. Yeah, exactly. By Elliot Daly. I mean, he, he could have taken a better line with it, but it was the eight. You know, I think he was genuinely shot by his pace. I think he thought, "I'll just show him the outside there, and then oh fuck, look oh, how fast fuck. he's going." Sort of thing, yeah. and you know, and it's it's the seventy fifth minute of the test match. Yeah, and he was probably quite knackered having not really played at all last week. that's the other thing that gives me encouragement about England, you see. When that ball dropped into George Ford's arms... He knew exactly what to do with it. He went, right, we're going. And he went and he he, he spun a perfect pass to Farrell, didn't even have to break stride, and then Farrell fizzed a flat pass. Oh, that pass was fabulous, Straight to Daly for Daly to do that wonderful finish that he did. But it's little things like that that make you realise, no, they're not drilled, actually. Because Ford caught that ball and went, right, it's on, we're going. Yeah, And that's the thing that Wales didn't have. But, yeah, I think Cuthbert, yes, he could have, you know, as he said, he was shocked. But he he saved a try by tackling Danny Kerr like 30 seconds hence. He had a pretty horrible knock-on at one point in the second half. But, you know... The problem is he had the big knock-on, then he had, and then five minutes later, he he let him on the outside for the try. And... So it was like two things happening in quick succession. Oh, it's all Cuthbert's fault. No, it's not. You know, <laughs> Wales should have not fucked up the line-out that they had shortly before it. Wales should have not completely I, fucking fluffed their are lines. Are you encouraged seven. going to Murrayfield now? I'm slightly more optimistic than I was, mainly because I think that Scotland have revealed some weaknesses combined with... The fact that we don't look like we're defending nearly as badly as we were in the autumn, true, which is nice. Um, we're not letting huge gaps appear <laughs> on a regular basis on our wide channels anymore, which is good. Um, and we do, you know, there were times, you know, I was probably the best Wales have played since the summer against the All Black. So we'll see. But uh, while we are talking 
about Scotland. Let's talk about France versus Scotland, shall we? Yes. The, before uh, before second. we get into the game, mm. um, lots of people on Twitter were making jokes about uh, Loan Goujon's name. Yes. And the fact that it's obviously a chicken thing. Mm. And then Tom Dare on Twitter, Repka, came on and made some more jokes. And I jokingly said, oh, I can feel a food 15 coming on. <laughs> and he went, oh, whatever. Anyway, about two hours later... And in a in a DM, there it was. Your food fifteen. So Tom Repka has this food fifteen. The Six Nations. I love the way he he, he opened it. Tom, you opened your message to us saying, "Okay, I give in." He was like, "I wasn't really pressurizing you to do anything, but obviously, <laughs> if you if that's the way you want to play it, the Six Nations gastronomic fifteen. Here we go, very quickly. All done by Repka. Okay, number one, Joe Marsala. Joe Marler. Right. Joe Marsala. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Camille Chateaubriand. Mm-hmm. Like Tagliatelli Furlong. Oh, that's that's high tariff, but that's I like it. <laughs> Jake Sweet and Sour Pork Ball. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, number five, Donna Kebab Ryan, which is brilliant, by the way. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Lohan Goujon, Chicken Goujon, obviously. obviously. Number seven, Francesco Extra Strong Minto. <laughs> I mean, he's missed the open goal of Sam Warburton there. Oh, of course he has. Yeah, Sam Warburton's but, toasty. I, mean, yeah. I, I enjoy the loop-the-loops that his, he's taken. There's some great there, stuff anyway. here, by the way. Yeah. Uh, number eight, James Kung Po. James King, I'm guessing that is. Fucking hell, that is. That is. Dan, number nine, Danny Chili Con Kearney. <laughs> number 10 Carlo Cannelloni obviously yes love it number 11 Vermicelli Vacatower nice number 12 and he even admits himself hashtag scraping the barrel Michelin Star Campagnaro <laughs> I mean that's not really food is it 13 Elliot Tarka Darley like it yes uh, number 14, Johnny Maydrass. That's, that's borderline. And yeah. 15, Stuart Hog Roast. Nice. Finishing on a high. And then he finishes myself. with, and I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> We're not sorry, Tom. That was a lovely bit of a diversion. Absolutely Thank you not. for all your effort. I think Donna Kebab Ryan will become definitely his moniker for us from, from now on. Absolutely. That's my favourite uh, impromptu Pun 15 since um, <laughs> the famous Cat 15 incident of Six Nations about three or four years ago. I don't even remember what that was. Um, I, I It had things like Eerie Clausens and uh, <laughs> Lion Habana and Greg Laidpaw and Purby Myhill. Say no more. It's, it's too much. Yeah. I'm overcome. Yeah. Right then. So, yeah, so that came up during the France versus Scotland game. So, sorry for the slight. Uh, Move away from yeah. there. So anyway, we meanwhile, why these things always take an hour and a twenty yeah, minutes. To meanwhile, back at the rugby, um, <laughs> France versus Scotland. The Laidlaw mm. absence. Let's talk about well, that. Yeah. I'd like to talk about that. Price is a much busier player because you much know, more. obviously, an asthmatic ant is busier than a than Laidlaw. Glacial but Greg, somehow indeed. they just lost all their shape, and as very much you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. As Joni Mitchell I think once it's a, a little bit of that, definitely. I mean, I don't think anybody really 
were expecting Scotland to win this game. And so given the amount of injuries that they had, like to come within a couple of kicks of of winning it, it probably says a lot about how far they've come and, and how much confidence and belief this team has got at the moment. But Through entirely my own yeah. fault, I got myself into a spectacularly tedious discussion about whether that was a try or not from France for the TMO. <laughs> it was a try. Um, I believed it was a try, but because I wouldn't, because I wouldn't let it go, everything I was doing became very tedious, even to myself. So if you did join <laughs> in with that, I'm not blaming you. It was my fault. I made it tedious. Um, yeah, so I think it was a try because it's all about holding the ball. If the ball's still in your hand and you've not dropped it, then you're holding it. But yeah. different views about... What I will be very clear is that Law 22.1 doesn't mention control. It just says you have to be holding the ball and you have to touch it on the ground. It, doesn't mention downward, it does mention downward pressure. It says there doesn't have to be any. So there no, you go. Well. Um, yeah, so, but I think probably the right result in the end. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that Scotland don't have and that this game kind of showed up, as well as obviously they need some semblance of a reliable backup kicker. Mm. And somebody to give them a bit of, because I mean, in many ways, Laidlaw is kind of French in a weird yes. way. Well, in, yeah, in that nine. he's the fulcrum of the team, yeah. Yeah, and he's the one who basically tells Finn Russell what to do. <laughs> Thank and, God somebody does, yeah. And, well, this is what happens when there's nobody to do that. Because <laughs> yes. he just got point, fucking yeah. increasingly erratic to the point where he was just spraying passes to fucking nobody. To the point where they and brought Duncan Weir on. That's how bad it had got. <laughs> exactly that. Um, yeah, and, and they also just don't... They don't have a pack of forwards to compete with the power and the fucking horrible bastardliness that the French have in spades. You know, they've got horrible yeah. bastards of Josh test Strauss match quality. Aside, Josh Strauss aside, Josh Strauss is pretty horrible. Strauss, they've got the greys. But they can't tackle and run at everything all the time. Whereas the French, you know, they've just got this enviable supply of shitbags to throw at you in a variety of positions, led, of course, by Pickamoles and by Gordon. And, and you know, they're... they're, they're Gordon's they're, very good, by the way. Oh, Such really, really good. good. Him and Hamish um, Watson was a lovely seven, a couple of sevens to be watching. A, it was a beautiful... There was a, not a lot of refinement to that I love that Hamish watching running style he doesn't actually he doesn't you know people like Pickamold they run their weight yes you know they run their weight and they get through you because they run their Mm. weight Watson doesn't run his weight he runs stops throws you off then keeps Mm. going it's fantastic isn't it it's brilliant to watch I don't know how physics what physics has got to say about that to be honest but it's fucking great to watch yeah anyways yeah yeah I mean but in spite of the fact that they were getting absolutely dry humped up front and in the scrum and they were just not really getting the quality of ball that they needed to make the backs fly they just had a tenacity and a will about them that meant that they were hammering away into the bitter end mm. look and scotland for a few years ago i was going to say I that is a bit of a change isn't it i mean you know would probably have not raged against the dying of the light quite so fiercely no you know? they wouldn't you're right and then... but, i mean and, you know, when you're bringing Mark Bennett off the bench, it's not a bad problem to have in the back there. Absolutely I mean, I think it had not. kind of gone by then anyway, but when you're in yeah. a game where you need to make a difference and you've not got all those injuries, just bringing him on, players like yeah. that on the bench is, yeah. is quite incredible, really. And Swinson scored, of course. Of course he did. And the problem will be, though, if 
putting in, you know, they put in such a shift, and you know, they were, you know, Stuart Hogg looked like he'd been doing side work as a punching bag in the Glasgow boxing gym by the end of that game. You know, they absolutely a fucking fullback. They the France beat the shit out of them. And there's a lot of people be, uh, said on her Twitter there was a lot of fuck it, I'll do it myself about Stuart Hogg on Saturday. <laughs> really he was, was starting to creep towards that you need to pack that in line now, doesn't he? Yeah, he was a little bit. But and that got, try was but, cheeky as fuck. Oh, he was cheeky. I liked it though. And although him, um, <laughs> I did enjoy the fact that um, Fiku just basically took one look at him and then just decided to duck underneath him to score his <laughs> try. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, it was back to but, Serrani yeah. stepped around, wasn't it? Hog for that for that try, and it was, it a, was very nice. Yeah, and he had a very little, a poor little sad face afterwards <laughs> as he walked <laughs> away. Sad face, and who couldn't have felt sympathy for him? I was like, well, there's no point in you looking sad. You should at least attempt to tackle him. <laughs> you should, you <laughs> know, either run at him in, or stand still. You can't just. Of the word. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. A terrible effort. It was, but um. Yeah, the problem I see for Scotland now is that obviously they put in such a fucking massive effort at such a cost to lose to France. And, I mean, they've got a fortnight, but is this going to come back and haunt them in a couple of weeks' time against Wales? Because they've got Barkley, Hardy, and, of course, Laidlaw now potentially all crocked. Yeah. Well, Laidlaw's had to go back to Gloucester. Because he's oh, outside of the good. Scotland agreement, he has to go back to his club to be assessed. Uh, so so yeah. who knows what that will mean? But um, this ankle problem, basically, which is always a, it's never a good thing for a scrum half to have. End the story, is it? But I mean, to be fair, Greg walks like he's got a ball tied around his ankle most of the time <laughs> not, on the field. So. You're going to lose his electric pace, really, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's two key areas where. Wales can say they've got significant strength in depth, namely back row and in the goal kicking department, where Scotland are now potentially paper thin. You know, hmm. if <laughs> Scotland did not exactly look like they had a competent goal kicker on the field once he went <laughs> off, to say the least, we'll come to that. No, um, uh, yeah, and also, yeah, as, as hard as Hardy and Barkley and and you know, uh, they all just worked so hard at the breakdown, you know. They're, it was last man standing stuff and I still think they've got too much quality and variety in the back line to lose to Wales but hmm. you know if they if Wales have their way at the breakdown and they play the breakdown like they did on Saturday then penalties are going to come and Halfpenny's going to kick them all or Bigger's going to kick them all and then all of a sudden the cakewalk could be a bit of a nail biter um, so yeah I guess Hogg had that, that one long range kick didn't he which looked like mm. it landed somewhere near Brittany, he sent it so. F- it's amazing he could kick it that far because he sent it thirty meters wide, and it still probably went twenty meters past the post. That's a hell, of a, that's a hell a of a galact- distance to get on a kick. It's a galactic level boot in terms of power, <laughs> but the accuracy is sketchy to say the least. Um, and it just it shows you again that you know before Scotland can move on from Laidlaw, which they obviously are going to have to sometime soon. Yeah. They need a new goal. They need a goal kicker who's reliable, and they need a nine who can tell Finn Russell what to do. Well, Chris, and... Chris Patterson looked in reasonable shape on Saturday. He could be ripe for a comeback. <laughs> Been a reliable. Well, That's all he ever did when he played, anyway. So exactly. Um, uh, we should probably talk about France, though, given that they yeah. won. Um, 
namely because after in not entirely believing it last week, I think we can safely say that France are sort of back, aren't they? They're sort of back. They, they spent a lot of the time. They spent a long time just throwing the ball sideways and not going they, anywhere. And I think it was the do. fact they had some really, as you said, big horrible bastards up front is what's really just, sorted but, it. But then again, that's what French. You know, French did have proper animals in their pack when they used to yeah. do. People forget that when they used to do that dancing thing. They yeah. had the likes of Olivier. He had the likes of Olivier Merle, who looked like a cave troll playing in the in the pack. So, yeah. and the one who became an artist, whose name is just Jean Pierre Reeves. Jean Pierre and Eric Champ. He was basically yeah. a serial Fuck killer. <laughs> and he's and he's now I, aptly. He was a psychopath, and he's now the head of a large bank, which is probably quite apt. Well, so on, really, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, they were putting so much. They were putting some brutal hits. On Scotland, both in attack and I think I hear it actually made Ross Moriarty wince watching it. I don't know, I can't confirm that, but I've heard that rumor. No, um, but yeah, they pummeled them front to back. You know, yeah, they and... did. And it was just, it was, it was as you said though. It's, it sounds daft, but it's testament to Scotland. It didn't go, it didn't get worse because that kind of physical Absolutely. battering three seasons yeah. ago would have been a cricket score. So, um, yeah, but France, they're mixing now because they've always been fuckers and they've always had a hard pack. <laughs> Yeah, but they're mixing that with some heartless. level of competence, which is what yeah. we're missing in the past few years. It the competence has. Well, I like to call the competency gap, which has been, <laughs> has been closed. Well, they're offloading so much more now. Yeah. You know, they off, they offloaded more than Scotland, and that sort of feeds into the way that they're building. And and, and they're not there yet. Obviously. I said it last week. And, I'll say it again. But Lammer out of thirteen, just when you talk, not, I'm not saying he's the best in the world, but next to someone like Bastero, yeah. You know, and, and then somebody like Fikyu. How is that allowed to be continued for this long? Yeah, and then somebody like Fikyu, who's not who's who's not what we want him to be at twelve, but that compared to him like Dante or somebody playing there. Mm. You know, and then and obviously, we, unfortunately, imagine, you have to think with the forwards doing what they're doing. Imagine if we had Fafana, it yeah. could have been two. There could have been a different result at Twickenham, I think. But um, I think you're probably right. And yeah, it's it's definitely a case to say that they are starting to. It's going to be a long road back. It'll be quite a clash when they run into Ireland, won't it? Yeah. When Stander be... runs into those, that, people like Viamina, yeah, I mean, who's just a beast. Yeah, I just want to see Pickamoles running into Stander and just seeing if there's anything left of the stadium. And creating a singularity. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting, to say the least. But again, um, it faded a bit towards the end, that game. But again, did, yeah. a great game. My mate texted me about an hour into that game and just said, God, this, this championship this year, I've not enjoyed watching a championship like this for years. And he's English, and he watched last year when they won the Grand Slam, you know, so he was... Unlike, you know, if England win a Grand Slam this year, unlike last year, where it was a bit of a put an asterisk on it because everyone was fucking dire. Yeah. If England win a Grand Slam this year, there's no asterisk at all because... To a greater or lesser degree, everyone is playing well at some point. France are a good... There's only one proper shit team in this tournament. And they and lost to Ireland We'll this move on to that, shall we? Is yeah. there much to say about this game? <laughs> I mean, I've developed a working theory about Italy, and it's this. Whenever they concede a try, that's it. Game Heads over. go. Like, they were literally... They were put up a stern tenacious resistance right up until the moment that their opponents cross the whitewash and the second they do whatever that is in the game whether it's five minutes whether it's 50 minutes they just fold like a badly assembled ikea camping chair and 
yeah, so Wales last week, they played with real heart and steel right up until the moment they conceded, and then they went to pieces. Against Ireland, they barely lasted 10 minutes. Yeah. And, yeah, and then it was just a case of how many tries Ireland Because Ireland like weren't doing anything the spe- was fucking loads. spectacular, were they? They were just they playing were rugby very, like, reasonably people well. Were talking, you know, people were talking like they'd just watched the All Blacks, you know, and that Italy team could make anybody look like the All Blacks. Well, really. they made Keith Earls look like an outstanding international winger. Well, exactly. I'll leave it at and that. And they, <laughs> they allowed fucking, you know, Conor O'Shea said after the game that Ireland were 100% better than Wales, and there's no denying that they are a much better team. But the truth of the matter is that Italy were fucking dog shit. But Ireland just looked like Wales did in the last 20 minutes against Ireland. Yeah, Wales finally pulled themselves together and started stringing some stuff together. Yeah, It's just so easy to run over Wales. Me and you are off to Twickenham in a couple of weeks. Now, unfortunately, now I'm an English person. This is going to be a great day out for me, but you've got to stand next to me while... I imagine we run in about 14 tries. Yeah. <laughs> it could only be worse if it was the ash splash on display. <laughs> like it was that year when he scored four against them. Oh, God. Yeah. It was that 2011. Expect- I'm basically just going to load my fantasy team with England players that week. And then I'm at least going to get some sort of ferric enjoyment. I, I completely thinking. forgot to update my fantasy league team this week. So I think mm. that, that, there's something that proves about if you don't think about it, you do better. So it, I'm going to keep. Just, just do fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was. I mean, yeah, fair I mean, Stander was incredible. You know, the four. It just they did a good job on them. Yeah. But really, what 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 are you supposed to take from a game like that? No, I, I think it was I, a good time for it to come around for Ireland because after that bit of a disappointment, yeah, it? huge confidence boost. I thought, um, what's his face, Scannell, the young hooker, played very well. Gilroy did. did some. Is I, I missed this. Why and I apologize. Are we playing Keith Hills and Simon Zebo? <laughs> question and. You know, it's. I kept Zebo in my fantasy team, yes. and he managed not to score in that fucking game. I kept, I kept um, Connor Murray in there, and I was genuinely incandescent that he somehow <laughs> didn't get on. <laughs> uh, he, I think he scored. He was like my lowest scoring player. He scored like oh. two points. And he had no tackling to do. Uh, Standard second try will be a quiz question of the future, though. Do you know? Do you pick up why that I, is? I did not know why that is. It is he that try is the first try that was scored to oh, win a bonus try point bonus point, point yeah. in the six nations. So there might be a quiz question on point in the future. Who scored the try to win the first ever try bonus point? It'd have to be a really niche quiz you'd go to. I mean it would be the sort of quiz that you'd go to like the cabbage patch at Twickenham and it would be Wouldn't lots be? of men yeah. drinking real ale. <laughs> yes. With a great respect to anybody that drinks real ale at Cabbage Patch. But um dressed in tweed. Yeah. I don't know where you can go with Italy, to be honest, now. Well, even their own press are saying that we should be booted out of the Six Nations on the Sunday, well, weren't they? They, they were getting a bit hysterical. But um, They look like a team that's not just struggling to compete at this level, but they look like a team struggling with the basics of playing fucking <laughs> rugby to start off with. Like, they might have fancied their chances against Scotland on the last weekend, you know, in years past, but I think the only way they'll have a chance of being competitive this time around is if... Scotland were to send out a team made up exclusively of mediocre over 35s, captained by Dan Parks, which I'd actually quite like to see. Yeah, Chris Patterson again, we've already mentioned it. Yeah, put Patterson in there, put, uh, you know, get all of the old, anybody who wore gloves between uh, (laughs) 2004 and 2008. Line up over there, stand against the wall and we'll pick you, yeah. But what, and what what is did you did you see the fuck the clusterfuck of punditry that was Andy Nichol and Mike Blair by the way 
Yeah, so you might Blake in there, speaking of which. The patter yeah. was absolutely minging. <laughs> and Nickel I mean, at one point. It is it, it's, it's splatter more than patter. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. And Mike, yeah. Mike Blake's got a, a very annoying voice. He can't help that, but that didn't help it. I'm sorry no, it he has. Help. It really doesn't. Um, yeah, so that's Italy Island. Nothing more to say. Looking for... Yeah, and Irish fans, if you object to the fact that we haven't given your team much, I mean, for God's sake. Yeah. You, Be honest, you, you haven't given that much thought this week, have you? No. And all you Irish journalists and writers out there are probably thinking, oh, what the hell am I going to write about this this week? Because really, you just want to write Italy are shit in massive it, capital letters. Yeah. And File it before the deadline the and go to the pub. You need. Um, it, I am genuinely, I'll say it again, we said it last week, I'm genuinely surprised that the if they've not got worse, they've certainly not got any better under O'Shea. And I expect them to have been offered a bit more. What the hell Campagnaro's done wrong? I don't know. Fucking hell. He's, he is their second best player behind Sergio. And yes, it's the fact bizarre. he's not starting it's is, bizarre. I mean, speak, should we just seek into seek shit Seek into good? shit good while we're talking yeah. about Italian centres. Go, yes. Yes, I'm going to start off with shit. And my first shit is Luke fucking McLean. What, on, what has he got on Conor O'Shea? Or indeed the nation of Italy. 87 caps, I believe that was. At the 87 caps in four different positions. And yet I don't think I've ever seen him have a good game. He's he's done, he's done all right at fullback a few times. I'll give him that. Yeah. He has done all right at fullback. We're going back some now. He's quite oh, a cultured footballer. All right. Way, but... When has he had a really good game? Well, like, well, I, can remember when, I can remember when Mirko Bergamasco's had a really good game. I can remember he when Mauro Bergamasco's yeah. had a good game. I can remember when that... Fucking Venditti bloke had a really good game. Giovan Battista Dista Bista Benditti, whatever he's got. Yes, Longest name ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can remember Andrea Mazzi having good games, even yeah, the poor bloke was put it outside half. Yeah. It's like every time Italy unearth a player who can actually fill the position that he's been playing to a competent level, rather than drop him, they just go, oh, well, where are we going to play Luke now? <laughs> Uh, like let's just move in somewhere. Was it, was it part of his citizenship his deal? Do you think? Maybe. I'm not coming to play for you unless I get to play in every I'm game from now 100 on. 100 test caps, and he's 29 now. You know, it's Jesus. Really, he's been around forever. He, he has, and he's 19. Good. No, no. Well, it's like it, is it, he is challenging Ross Ford in the most number of caps by being and being fucking bang average. You think they've just got to sort of give up on developing anything and just go for all project players before they close the residency rule? Probably. They should I mean, just they... go to Italy and find anybody. Go to Australia or New Zealand yeah. and find and South Africa and find anybody with an Italian-sounding name. Trace yeah, their get them in there. And then yeah, basically them. send the mafia over to make them an offer they can't refuse to yeah. make them joylessly play for Italy for the next four years. Because let's be honest, <laughs> it won't be that much different, will it? So No. I mean... What's his Kelly Hymona basically did that, and then he got <laughs> Kelly Hymona. Like fuck me. He was, you know what? I'll just go back to New Zealand and play in like second division MPC because it's more rewarding than playing Test rugby for Italy. They've had some howlers, haven't they? They really have. Craig Gower. Um, yeah. Paul Griffin, that one with the predator air. Oh fucking hell! Yeah. The scrum half. What was that? Ginger one. The what? Ginger Lock, with the beard. Oh, I can't remember. No, he's fairly recent. He was shite as well. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, they're rubbish. So Luke McLean is rubbish. Italy are rubbish. 
Yes. We don't know where we go from here. From you. Uh, Shit from me is Haskell cloning himself on Instagram. Of course, at least half a dozen people brought this to my attention by screenshotting it. Um, (laughs) I I thought at first they're actually selling dolls of him, but then when I looked a bit closely, it looks like he has sort of photoshopped himself out of a... I think he's... Is it like a three? Has he three D printed himself? Is that what he's done? They don't look like they they could be sold. They're not good enough to be sold, if you know what I mean. No. They, but, they, there's. A, I mean, for starters, they're a relatively decent likeness. So, in for that reason alone, they shouldn't be sold. But but he's not obsessed with himself. That's the important thing you need to understand. No, he's, he's fed up with people a, saying things like that. He doesn't like talking about himself. There are stranger things in this world, though, because did you know that you can still buy to this day? A Billy Twelve Tree soft toy in an England shirt. Well, now I'm just googling. Honest obviously. to God, look it up. Billy Twelve Tree's doll. Put that in. Be careful what you find, though. But honestly, that is that is there. I can't remember. It's, it's a specific type of soft toy. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> What's it called again? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, the Bleacher Creature. Bleacher Creature. That's it. Billy Twelve. Billy there Twelve Tree. Billy Twelve Tree. It looks a bit like Jamie Heaslip because it's like a a nondescript person with curly hair, but. Yeah, and the face doesn't look anything like his face, obviously. But how many of them oh, must they be selling? Really? Well, imagine the fact that they they probably ordered a lot of them. Because <laughs> and... how many were they selling when he was actually playing for England? I'm going for exactly. not many, and now you're talking. They're probably getting stuff back now, I guess. The blurb is great. <laughs> Bring your child's favourite RFU player home. <laughs> God, I'll tell you what, if, if a child said that that was your favourite player, I'd be worried. I'd I contact say, child services you, immediately. I basically put fo- highlight footage of any other England player on and go, <laughs> are you sure? I remember England foolishly for about a, a, about an eight-month period thinking 12 trees was the answer to our 12 conundrum. <laughs> I was soon disabused of that, let me he tell is, you. He is wearing a 12 jersey, of course. Of course he the, is. Uh, the creative colossus midfield maestro. With, but, and not only wearing it, he's, he's wearing a 12 jersey with 12 trees written on the back, which, I'm sorry, England don't have numbers, have names on the so back of the jerseys. He's not the NFL. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, the Bleacher Creature takes your favourite player and transforms him into a lovable character to play with, encouraging fun, inspiration and play. Now, <laughs> that, that's exactly what I think of when yeah. I think of Billy Twelve Trees. Billy, full insp- fun, inspiration and play Twelve Trees. What other, what other rugby ones do they do? Oh my God, there's a Joe Marler. Oh no, it's not. It's a Chris Robshaw. Sorry. All right. <laughs> There's again nondescript person with a beard. Yeah. Right. So the the ones that they've got they've got four of them, right? Who do you think the four are? Rob Shaw and Twelve Trees. Yeah. Who's the other two? Are they from a similar period? No. Well sort of. Chris Ashton? Nope. Is it forward or back? Uh there's one forward and one back. Joe Launchbury. No. Um, they are. Go on. George Ford. Okay. At least and, he's a bit cute. I can understand that. Yeah. And Mako Vunipola. <laughs> Did they, were who, they the only ones who'd signed the contract? That's all, that's... Maybe. I'll level with you. The Mako one is a fucking terrible likeness. <laughs> like, appallingly, like borderline racistly bad. <laughs> borderline uh, jam jar stuff, is it? <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting there. Although... 
he will be delighted to know that he is uh, 14.99, whereas uh, Billy has been reduced to uh, 9.99. Did they send you 9.99 when they send you the doll? I'm, I'm guessing. guessing they must do. Yeah, so 15 quid if you want uh, George Ford or oh, 29.99 reduced if you want the full four pack. 29.99 special offer reduced from 71 pounds. <laughs> Unbelievable. Who the fuck has paid 71 quid for those four? Answer, no one. No fucker. <laughs> to oh, yeah. and so, ladies and no gentlemen, they, <laughs> they're afraid of no fucker. The, um, that was fake, that Bebo profile. It's the great regret of my oh, life was it? it wasn't oh, real. Yeah. That's devastating. Yeah, a WRUT manager that... tweeted me. If you haven't really? seen this, ladies and gentlemen, sorry. Um, Samson Lee, a, a Bebo profile for Samson Lee came out a few years ago. It was hilarious. I'll try and dig it out again. And it looked like it was real because it was done when he was quite young. But a, a WIU team manager got in touch and told me that it wasn't true. I believe that's bollocks. I, that's what I thought. I said, well, why is it? It looks like he said, no, no, it definitely isn't. But I thought, yeah, it was brilliant anyway. One of the questions of one of the questions was afraid of, and his answer was no was fucker. No fucker. <laughs> Which, which, I mean, if you've ever looked at Sam Lee's <laughs> face, that's not hard to believe. No fucker. <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, anyway yes. sorry, we went off on one there. So yeah, yeah. have a look, ladies and gentlemen. You, we're not lying to you. Creature, what's it called again? Bleacher uh, Creatures. Bleacher Creatures. Yeah, Billy so 12 if you trees, want your still available. cuddly Billy 12 trees, 10 quid and he's yours. You can get the actual Billy Twit. You can get yeah. the real Billy 12 trees for about a fiver. So why you'd, want to, why you'd want that one, I don't know. Once that Montpellier bloke takes over at Gloucester, that is basically how much he's going to be pe- paid to leave. Right then, moving on. Shall we, shall we do this one? Some stage they're going to have to clear their lines. Jonathan Davis, straight down the field. <laughs> the Jonathan Davis disappointed sex noise of justice. Oh, well, that was, all he was doing there was channeling the emotions of a nation there, wasn't he? <laughs> oh. <laughs> because we all knew something like that was happening at some point. I'd like it to thank just... Andy and Brum, by the way, for sending me a lovely link to that. Because <laughs> it did make me laugh. But also there's the jiffy te- technological genius moment with the touchscreen, which was sent to us by Gareth Lewis and Tom Williams at Blood and Mud on Twitter, where he, if you did see it, you'll know what I'm talking about, where he put about four random spots on the screen, then drew a cross, and then he said, right, run it, on, run it now. And as he <laughs> said that, it cut back to the real action because they obviously weren't going to let him loose on the board anymore. See, that is the thing. That's why when Gary Neville started doing Monday Night Football, he had one of those installed in his house so he could learn how to use <laughs> oh, it. Such because a those Gary big Neville iPads thing to look do, easy, it? but I don't think they are. No, I think like Greenwood drives one relatively well. I think it is. It takes a lot of good work. Yeah. Yeah, and Jiffy, he does. He strikes me as somebody that has to ring his daughter when he needs to know how to send a message on his iPhone. Well, you know? Or when his pr- when his printer doesn't work. My dad does that. Yeah. My dad phones me at least once a fortnight because his printer's not working. <laughs> I don't know anybody else whose printer breaks this often, but <laughs> God bless him. That is that is dad's and technology for you right it there, is, though, yeah. isn't it? So anyway, yeah, that was the shit from Andy. Brum. Thank you very much. Uh, any more shits from you? Um, yes, Finn Russell's attempted conversion. Um, You've got well, a feel for the guy, was, haven't you? Apparently, this was all Nathan Hines' fault, wasn't it? Yes. Is that the apparently because so? Because he just shouted already up. Who knows uh, why? Well, basically, the coaches were in because Hines had the tea, obviously, and apparently the coaches were in his walkie-talkie saying, uh, "Jacko Piper's having a chat with his assistant about." having looked at the replay and he looks like he might want to go to the TMO 
for a mm. penalty against us. Uh, take the conversion quick so he can't. And um, obviously Finn felt slightly pressured doing that and then took one of the worst conversions of all time as a result of it. But, I mean, yeah, because it wasn't a time thing, was it? You know, it was No, like, it was what? still like 50 seconds left, wasn't there, or something, or 30 seconds yeah, left? Yeah, I mean, you know, you see a sort of... It seemed a bit paranoid to me. Maybe he was going to go back, but he'd already fucking awarded the try. He was sitting, you know, it would have taken a big effort for Piper to turn around and go, actually, lads, <laughs> draw a big square as you take your run up. Oh, that was that was some conference of minds, wasn't it? When Piper and Johnny Lacey and Fitzgibbon got together. <laughs> One of them, you know, was... and not even in the room. Woof. Yeah, it's, it's basically like that bit at the end of Rage of the Lost Ark where it's just like, top men. <laughs> top men uh, yeah uh, John Wayne got in touch and said shit for him was Wales turning down early points for scrums and line outs yeah that was I mean I can understand the thinking behind it but I kind of feel like Alan Wynn got a little bit well Chris uh, Robshaw got crucified for doing things like this exactly All right, the stakes Robshaw were slightly did, higher I understand that yeah but Chris Robshaw did it late in the game though yes. whereas it, it, it never seems it quite never a works, bad decision though, does it? when you do it early but every time people do it they it go is. what's he doing this for but if it comes off, and it never comes off, it never, it comes never off. ever I comes off. I literally tweeted as it, we were going for setting up the scrum after we'd chosen to go for the scrum after we got that penalty on the line. I literally went English penalty coming here, <laughs> and the shooter's and eggs is eggs. because yeah. it was inevitably going to happen, and it always happens, and it always always happens to Wales. So why we don't just take the fucking points and be done uh, with it? Connor, I just, I uh, yeah. Connor Harbison got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and said, uh, "Shit for him was Ireland hammering Italy because it makes mm. the loss to Scotland hurt even more." <laughs> I don't think you should do that, really. I mean, Italy really were like tissue paper out there. Whereas Scotland did play very no. well last week, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel so bad about that. I wouldn't let it hurt you that much, Connor. No, no. He also said that good for him, to move on to that very quickly, was Elliot Daly's smashing grab because he covered Dan Biggers' intercept and then, of course, then he skinned Cuthbert at the end. I think, I think Elliot Daly, full stop, had a very good game. He looks like a, a test winger in the making, doesn't oh, lots he? Lots of talk about him being the next fullback because Mike Brown looks like... He's fucking dog shit now, isn't he? Let's be honest. A peripheral, wheezing Thomas the Tank Engine character. Yeah, there. he does nothing. He does literally nothing. Doesn't and pass, any... doesn't run very fast. Yeah. No. Yeah. He does actually Speaking come into the forwards players, and clap and pat people on the back a lot. He does, which is, I mean, you've got to appreciate that. Speaking of forwards and yep. shit players who should not be playing for England anymore, mm-hmm. Dylan Hartley. Yeah. Like, forget being the captain. I'm not sure he deserves his place in the squad full stop at the moment. Like, let alone in the first 15. Jamie George is the best hooker in England. He's probably the best hooker in Britain. And... I mean, he's got to be dropped for the Italy game and sort of start this process of extracting yeah. himself from the mess that Eddie Jones has gotten himself into by keeping him as the captain. Because like, even the statistics, and you know we don't put a huge amount of stock in statistics, but 45 minutes, Hartley made six tackles, missed three, and made five carries. In 35 minutes, Jamie George made 12 tackles, missed none, and made eight carries. Hmm. You know, he he is a younger man. He is a more dynamic man. 
He is just as solid in the scrum, if not more so. He is a better line-out thrower. Aside from this fucking mythological, bloody, inconceivable leadership grit, what you know, inspirational thing that everybody seems to talk about Hartley in relation to all the time. There is no measurable, tangible characteristic that Jamie George is not better player than Dylan Hartley at the moment. And yeah. I just I, I can't agree. see it changing. Shit for Russell Pugh on Twitter was chucking seven mm. quid at a ref link to keep up with the breakdown, only to hear <laughs> 80 minutes of Jerome Garces gobbing off. Wait, what did he expect? He did, there's mixed reviews of Garces this weekend. Some people were saying he was great, or some people were saying he was terrible. I quite liked him. I, I like the fact that he's a bit like Nigel. He's got a bit of personality. Yeah. I didn't really understand when he called that no try and then said to Reese Webb, did you think you scored? Do you think you scored? Of course, fully enough, Reese Webb didn't go. No, I didn't. No, ref. Yeah, yeah, no, I did, no, yeah. I didn't. No, you went, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, and he called it. But yeah, you know, I you've just called it. Don't, nonsense. don't do yeah. that. What is wrong with you? And then, yeah, lo and behold, it was a good two inches short as you. And you've called it. Saw. You shouldn't. Yeah, you sh- just shouldn't listen to this shit. You should stop doing it. No. Yeah. No. Any more shit for you? As time is moving on. Um, that is me for shit. I Let's think. talk I'm about done. good then. Yes. Um, Good, 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 good. We've already mentioned Elliot Daly. Let's talk about for me, Loan Goujon. Yes, who had his name in his name mentioned more times in the first fifteen minutes than in Shuley's entire international career. <laughs> there was, I mean, he, and the, the first time that guess what was the first time that you heard Shuley's name mentioned on Saturday was when he came on for the was it the head injury replacement or the blood bin, and the first thing they mentioned was is replacing Shuley. <laughs> as which yes, is basically what it. happens in every game he plays in. Yeah. The man wears a cloak of invisibility, but not in a good As way. As you said, does he actually exist? Somebody well, did say to me, I can't remember it was. Question. Somebody said to me on Twitter, said, Goujon's been about a thousand percent better than Shuley. And he said, How do you know Shuley's not playing? It's impossible <laughs> to tell. He could have been out there the whole time. And it's true. Fans were playing with 16. Nobody noticed. <laughs> um, yeah, I think most of the goods for me we've covered. I mean, George Ford, he had a yeah. good one of his better games for a change on Saturday, I thought. Um, Moriarty, obviously. It's been a long time since Wales have had a proper bastard like that in the back row. It's very exciting. Um, Stander, hat-trick, back row. Fucking come on. Yes. Silly. Against Um, Italy, asterisk. Yeah. (laughs) Also, uh, Uni Antonio, the French prop. Yes. Fucking marmalised that Scottish (laughs) scrum. Is it and, six penalties? And did a beautiful inside pop pass in <laughs> midfield. A little pop pass. For a man who is, let's be honest, a big massive fatty. And then they brought that jockey on who yeah. is equally as massive and fat. Yeah, French tight heads must have conditioning regimen of darts players. But, <laughs> I mean, he's a force in the set piece. You've got to give it to him. And, yeah. Well, you, well, he, well he'd have to be, wouldn't he? Because what, yeah. what other else is he going to do? Well, beautiful okay. inside pop passes, obviously, we've yeah, discovered. yeah. Kieran Ricketts got in touch. This is a very good point because I hadn't noticed Italy mentioned it. Kieran Ricketts got in touch at Blood and Mud, mentioned Germany beat Romania at the weekend. Yes, they did. And uh, they have shot up the rankings as a result. They're like 22nd now or something in the world. But to be but, fair, yeah. you know, Romania and Georgia have kind of dominated that tier for quite some Absolutely, time, haven't they? Yeah. So, yeah, good for them. 
any more goods that I can see here that needs to be looked at? No, we've talked about Jippy's sex noise. No, that's probably it. Yes, I think it's probably... Let's just end Very it on quickly. the Jiffy's sex noise. <laughs> I, I can't end on Jiffy's sex noise. So let's talk about a very quick prediction for the games next week. Next, next, not next uh, week, it's the week after. Yes. Um, Scotland, um, Wales. Scotland, but not by as much as I thought two weeks ago. Mm, I, I agree. Ireland, France now. I mean, it's in Dublin. I think I'm going to go in that. Yeah. yeah. Ireland, um, but to be an absolutely fucking monstrous battle. Up front, especially. Looking forward yeah. to that. Scotland Wales has the potential to be a very good game. It does. And France has the potential to be like the Demolition Derby, which would be a very yes. good game as well. Which would be a great game. I'd enjoy that. And England Italy, uh, well, uh, yeah, it'll be brilliant because we'll we'll be it? at Twickenham with our bags of this and bags of that. <laughs> I'm flinging them around. Bags of this. Abandoned. We will be in Twickenham that day, so anybody is there, let us know. We can maybe you know say hello. But if you are coming, we're not going to speak to you unless you've got a bag of this or a bag of that. Or a bag of that. Those are our conditions. <laughs> All right, I'll speak next week. I'll be back to the uh, the old domestic stuff. Yes, which did technically go on this weekend, but who but cares? Who's got the time? Exactly. We, some people do two podcasts to cover the domestic season as well. Fuck that, by the way. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> See you next week. So on, yes, on, <laughs> on that on that fuck that note, we'll see you all next week. See you now. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.